Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast on The Athletic. Nice pass, Jokic! Not in my house. And I told him, listen, if you see me around Denver, Colorado, anywhere, it's all about the Nuggets right now. Rainbow. Rainbow. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast. I'm Dave DeFore. Got Kendra Andrews here as always. Uh, this week we got a special guest. The president of basketball operations for the Denver Nuggets, Mr. Tim Connolly. Hi, Tim. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're going to do that thing where we pretend we didn't just talk for a couple of minutes. You know, <laughs> just for the show. Uh, like I, I, ask I like you. the mister. I enjoy that. And I don't get mister very often. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I got to ask you, as a as a fellow Mid-Atlantic guy, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. You're from Baltimore. Um, this is the most important question I've ever asked a basketball executive. Who makes the best crab chip? Is it Utz or is it hers? You know, it's funny. I'm not even making this up, but I'm going to walk into our pantry, and we have two bags of Utz crab chips sitting there. <laughs> Yes, sir. Thank you very yeah. much. I mean, I, yeah. I basically have no more questions at this point. Uh, <laughs> and that, um, is a, that is a special shipment from back east. But my, my wife recently said that she saw some Utz crab chips at local stores in Denver, which has been, wow. if factual, is, is a great development. That's amazing. Uh, they're very hard to find. But, man, I, that's funny. I love that you have that. Uh, so, first of all, congratulations on the season. I, I know that you guys obviously would would have been happier winning a championship, but to get where you guys have gotten to this year, a, a conference finals berth, you know, getting it to five games against the Lakers who are a fantastic team, that has to feel pretty special. No, really proud of our guys. Um, I think it was a, a really strange and unique circumstance to play under and the ability of our coaching staff to keep everyone connected um, was really impressive. And then kind of the, the never give up mentality that our guys showed throughout each playoff series. Um, I couldn't be more proud. Certainly we wish we were still down there. wish we were still playing, but as we each day goes on, you're able to reflect a bit more and appreciate how much we accomplished and how hard our guys fought and improved. D or sorry, Tim. I mean, I remember back from training camp, you know, nearly a year ago, Michael Malone and, and players and stuff, it, their message was, you know, we believe that we are a title contender. They thought that from before the start of this extremely long season. And they obviously surprised a lot of people with that Western Conference Finals run. You just mentioned reflecting and, and where where the team needs to improve to get to that next level. So from your eyes, what are the things that is going to take this team that next step further? We've had a lot of success with internal development. Um, certainly, we've been fortunate to watch a bunch of our guys that have been here since they entered the league uh, grow and improve. I think when you look at how many games guys like Nicole and Jamal have won relative to their age, it's pretty impressive. Um, I, I think you're in our league, you're always getting better or worse, so we certainly are going to challenge ourselves to get better. I don't know if there's specific uh, positions um, and, and or skill sets, but I think – being around that level of basketball, you know, watching a guy um, like LeBron um, in a playoff series, is I think as you progress, you have to be especially cognizant of IQ and toughness. I think we have a lot, a lot of that. I think some of it, some of it just kind of develops naturally with younger guys as they become more comfortable in the league. But I, I think that's something we're going to really focus on 
um, internal development of both of those traits. And if someone who is not on Team Presley can help in that regard, whether it's draft, free agency, or trades, I think that's the type of player we'll, we'll probably target. So it's not impossible to to win a title without landing a big fish free agent, but it certainly makes it easier. Do you do you feel like Denver should be mentioned as one of the top tier free agent destinations? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's encouraging that we were able to get Paul several years ago. We had a couple well publicized uh, chances with other guys. Um, I, I think what we've tried to do, whether it's uh, draft visits or whether just, you know, media such as this is Denver's a great city and it's a great organization. And I think the, our job is to ensure that every player knows that. So I don't know why we wouldn't project ourselves as a team that could sign anybody. Um, it's a great place to live. It's a great place to play. I think when you look at Nicola is about the most unselfish superstar in the league. You look at Jamal's ascension to that, superstar level so i would hope and i'm fairly confident that we're now a destination and you know do you get those guys you never know but i I think we've earned the right to be in those conversations so i guess let's let's talk about that a little bit your scouting process that gets you a guy like nikola Jokic and jamal murray and even you know yusuf nurkic who's not there anymore but like you guys have hit on some really big fish of your own uh, what are you guys looking for in these players w- when you're going through the, the scouting process for the draft? I mean, certainly you guys are looking for some sort of magic and have found it with a few guys. There's so much luck. You know, you do all your, your homework and you watch these guys extensively and you talk to as many people as possible about who they are as, as professionals and people. Uh, you know, our staff is the best in the league, in my opinion. These guys consistently ensure that I don't mess up and, and make me look way smarter than I am. And then our coaches do a great job once they're here developing our players and allowing them to play through mistakes. But it's such a crapshoot because so much of it is environmental and the environment is constantly changing. So you could draft a guy and have a certain role in mind and then um, there could be an injury or you could you could have a guy that gets off to a really good first couple of years and then you bring someone in at a similar position who might be better than that person. So I, I think it's kind of liberating to know how little real control you have over that. But uh, we've had a lot of luck and success with a certain type of guy, self-motivated guys, guys that tend to not have big egos, guys that, um, you know, enjoy being around each other and, and can do it with a smile on their face. But you still never know. You just, again, cross your fingers, hope you, you make at very worst informed mistakes. Um, and, you know, you get more right than you get wrong. And if you do that, then your team should be okay. Two guys that you've picked up in the past, you know, handful of drafts the last few years were Michael Porter and Bull Bull, who were two players that teams were hesitant to draft. A big part of that was their, their lingering injuries that they had. What made it so that you guys weren't concerned or afraid about their injury history? I think we're definitely concerned. I, I think with Michael in particular, we didn't have – we had great depth at, at that time, so we were able to take a chance. I think, unfortunately, most times in the lottery, you need an instant impact guy. We lost – you know, we didn't make the playoffs the previous season, but we felt we played at a playoff level with 46 wins and losing game 82 in Minnesota. So we, we felt like we had a pretty good core returning and we could take a chance. Um, with Bull, we were just shocked that he was – there as the first round concluded. Um, and then finally, 
we have a patient ownership group. You know, you're not able to take a guy like Michael in the lottery if ownership is not on board. And having Stan and Josh in the room that night and explaining to them the the uh, pluses and minuses and you know how great was our appetite for risk, it made it whole the whole lot easier. And then the, our medical staff has done an unbelievable job, kind of helping get those guys back to to full strength. And it's been fun fun to watch Michael this year. It was fun to see bull uh when we got down in orlando um and you know we think those guys have a real chance to be foundational pieces moving forward we'll be right back with the show but first a message from one of our sponsors week three of football is in the books and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app to add to the excitement of week four DraftKings sportsbook is bringing back their can't miss offer If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it very easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code RAINBOW when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week four, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code RAINBOW during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Profit, boost, terms and conditions. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So uh, you guys drafted Nikola Jokic. I mean, famously, he he was a second round pick, and he's the new guy. He's the new Draymond Green that everyone passed on. How did every everyone's an idiot except for Denver? So congratulations on that. <laughs> when did he pop onto your radar? Like, how long had you guys watched him uh, leading up to the draft? And did you know that this was the player he was going to turn into? Well, we're, well, I'm an idiot plenty of time, so just hold that thought. <laughs> I'm giving you a chance to, to declare yourself yeah. a genius here, that <laughs> no, you knew it all I, along. So a couple of years later, I was clearly an idiot. Um, I, you know, it, we're, we're lucky because we have a, a pretty connected staff in international basketball. Raffle is is a dear friend and trusted colleague, and he, he does such a wonderful job keeping us abreast of all these guys. Our tourists, you know, the guy's a legend in, in international basketball. Um, I was lucky because I spent so much time scouting nationally in my previous role. So it's kind of fun. You hear about these guys and oftentimes, um, you know, it's through under 18, under 20 events, under 16. When Nicole, he didn't have a real long resume playing with the Serbian team. Um, we were further fortunate that we had a couple, we had Joffrey Laverne who was, had the same agent and, and Mishko is a really, really bright guy and he works with Jeff Schwartz on, this side of the Atlantic, who's another really bright guy. Um, so we're familiar with the agency, familiar with how good a job they do it. They early ID players. Um, 
but should we uh, certainly we didn't think it was going to be this good. We wouldn't address him the second round that we did. <laughs> We'd have moved up to take him. Um, we thought his IQ, his passing, his natural instincts for the game uh, would translate. Just like everybody else, we were concerned about athleticism. Uh, he wasn't the, the fittest of bodies back in the day, you know. Um, so I, I think we, we were able to see more through the good than the bad. We try to challenge ourselves to say, what does a guy do? Let's not just harp on what he cannot do. I think it's kind of a, a cowardly and boring way to scout. It's easy to point out what guys can't do all the time. Um, and then we got super, super lucky. He got here, got with the right coach in, in Mo. Uh, they, they, those guys have a special bond. Was able to play, you know, a funky brand of basketball. Was able to gain the trust of both the coaches and teammates. And now I think he's a top five player in the world. You know, that that highlights one of the things that I actually – I think that you guys have done so well with the Nuggets is the organizational alignment. It seems like the training staff, the coaching staff, the scouting staff, your front office, ownership, all kind of have a similar vision. And I think that patience has really played out on the basketball court, Jamal Murray being a great example of that. This is a guy who at times – you know, has looked like a low floor player, but you see, you know, you could see the high floor or the high ceiling. And we got to see all of that in the playoffs kind of come to fruition. When when you've got players like Jamal and, and Nicola, how do you keep yourself from, you know, throwing too much bad money out in free agency to try to 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 land some larger fish in an effort to win now versus the slower build that you guys have kind of done over the last few years where now You've built yourself up with your homegrown talent into what should be next year a finals contender. Yeah, I think what, what those guys allow us to do is to be, you know, both aggressive when need be or, or patient if we don't see the market develop like we want to develop. I think, again, uh, Jamal, in my opinion, and certainly far from objective, has been maybe unfairly criticized the last couple of years for his lack of eye-popping individual numbers while not getting enough credit for being the point guard at 21 and 22 for teams that are winning 46 and 54. Um, so I think he's learned to win. I've been in the NBA for a really long time. I've never had the good fortune to be on a team in the finals or, or win a championship. Hopefully that'll change. But I know how hard it is for young guys to learn how to win, not how to get better, not how to develop individually, but to learn how to close games to learn the value of and importance of every game during the regular season. So I think that's the part that's probably um, we're most proud of with, with those guys. And I think as we look to augment the roster, I don't think how we view it will change dramatically. There's, we always have a handful of guys circled that we think could be impactful and they're all over the board in terms of age and salary. Um, I, Jeremy Grant was one of those guys, you know, a year ago at this time, he's a guy we had circled that we thought would, would be a very nice fit. And when those guys are available, we will be as aggressive as we can be. And if they're not, we don't want to kind of chase our tail and talk ourselves into guys just because. Um, so it'll, it'll be a fun off season whenever it starts, whenever we start the, uh, the next regular season. Um, but I, I do think to look at what uh, our young guys have accomplished, um, how great our coaching staff is, it's pretty encouraging. And we know we're going to have a, a puncher's chance every year. You just mentioned, you know, how young this this team is and what they've been able to accomplish with their youth. You know, 
this the building of this team has only been happening for you know about five years or so since Yoke joined and Malone was drafted and or, sorry Malone was hired yeah. and Jamal was drafted. <laughs> when those things happen, you know, of course every team is going to get that who they see as their franchise player and say this is who we're going to build our team around and it's going to be a, a title contending team in X amount of years. Not many teams can actually do that. So did you anticipate this team getting to this stage where they do have potential to be a title contending team so quickly? You know what? Yeah, I'm obnoxiously optimistic and positive. So I thought maybe in a perfect storm you could. Uh, I think we really believe Jamal It can be special, and he showed it this, this playoffs. Um, Nicola, certainly we didn't. When we drafted him at 41, you don't think he's going to be a franchise player. But over the last, uh, you know, four to five years, he's shown that he really is that guy. And his ability to raise his game and raise his teammates' game is, you know, I think there's less than a handful of guys that can impact winning as much as he can. So, that, you know, you have those guys. And then you think uh, Paul and I were, were kind of reminiscing after the season about how far we've come since that free agent meeting. You know, we're sitting there at a steakhouse in Atlanta and we're trying to sell him a vision of how we can become relevant again. And we've sort of become relevant when now we're in the West conference final. So there's so many different forks in the road. You hope you take more rights than wrong ways. And you're going to take wrong ways along the way for sure. But I do think um, with our coaching staff and ownership group and with the core guys we have, especially relative to their age, there's no reason that we should not be in the mix every year for a long time. Then, you know, once you're in the mix, the playoffs are, 80% matchups, who gets hot, is someone injured, someone beat up. Um, I think we just want to put ourselves in a position every year where we're a home court playoff team and we feel capable and confident that we can beat anybody when we're playing our best ball. Well, Tim, thank you so much for the time and congratulations on what can only be determined to be a successful season. You guys had a great year. Uh, I was sad to see it end. It was one of the more fun teams that I've ever watched. I mean that, honestly. Like, I mean, I've watched crazy basketball teams all over the world, and your weird basketball team <laughs> is one of my favorites ever. <laughs> no, thanks. I mean, that's one of the better compliments we can get because we like being weird. We like being different. Um, and it was awesome. You know, certainly it didn't end the way we wanted, but we left everything on the court to use – a cliche that's been overused. Um, I thought we uh, we really were not afraid of the moment. We believed, and I, I think that belief is going to be here for a long time. Well, tell Coach Malone we love tall ball. So if he wants to start <laughs> ball on the wing, we're all in. Thank you so right. much for your time. Thanks a ton, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. All right, that's going to do it for this week, folks. For Kendra, I'm Dave. This is the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week to look back on this wild season from the Nuggets that lasted almost a year. 